Welcome to the Rogues on the Road podcast, where we talk food, beverage, travel, and everything in between. All right, welcome back to Rogues on the Road, where we talk food, travel, beverage, everything in between. I am Matt. I'm Rich. And I'm Gypsy. And we've got a very special guest from Neat Glassware, the CEO uh, and CRO, C-R-N-D. Well, let me correct that. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, I never let the CEO get in front of the camera. <laughs> Let's call it, can, can, would we be okay calling you creator? Well, George. Well, I'm the uh, uh, corporate strategy officer. Beautiful. Just call me George. We're going to call you George. George, George Manska, Manska. <laughs> uh, has brought a very, very unique uh, piece of glassware that is revolutionizing spirits, tasting experience, and, and you're going to fill us in a little bit uh, on how this all came to be. The neat glass. Well, should I start as how we uh, discovered it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was at a wine dinner and uh, sat next to a fellow named Dale Chihuly, and he's a very famous glass artist. I don't know if you know who he is or not. Nope. But uh, as we were drinking copious amounts of Bordeaux, we uh, started discussing both of our loves for glass, and uh, he decided that I should take a glass blowing course. Oh, fun. And I did, and I <laughs> made a mistake, and that mistake turned out to be the neat glass. That's awesome. Well, sh- that is, what was the mistake? Well, the mistake was I, uh, I asked the instructor as I was rolling the glass along to flare out the lip, and he flared it way out. So I said, okay, let's just anneal it. I'll take it home. <laughs> so uh, like a little six-year-old kid, yeah, I have yeah. all of my little glass-blowing trophies, uh, paperweights and vases and uh, flowers and stuff like that, sitting in the uh, uh, curio cabinet in my living room. <coughs> Excuse me. And I came home with... Uh, a bottle of cast strength McAllen scotch. And as I closed the door, I said, oh, darn, my other glasses are in the uh, dishwasher. So as I turned around, there it was, <laughs> waving its little fingers at me saying, the mistake. try me, try me. That has, I have an absolute, you, you explained that perfectly. Yeah. I have a perfect vision of this glass talking to you. series of fortunate mistakes. And this is what happened to my life. It went upside down. And when did this happen? Uh, that would have been in 2002. Oh, wow. 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 17 years. So uh, I sat there for a while uh, uh, tasting. I realized that I was getting no ethanol out of the, uh, the glass. And I went to the uh, dishwasher, got out my, dis- my, my regular tulip glasses that I'd been drinking out of for years. And I gave it a good sniff. And I said, geez, it better have something in it. It's a cast strength, you know. And uh, went back to my glass, and it's still nothing. So I'm still sitting there wondering, where the hell is the ethanol? So we went through this, and I I started thinking about it, and I remembered a little thing called Graham's Law. And Graham's Law says that if you take a a mixture of different gases or or, or different uh, chemical compounds in a gaseous state, shove them through a neck and let them go, the lightest ones will run away very quickly oh, wow. so ethanol being the lightest takes off separates from the rest of the character aromas and we also know that ethanol is an anesthetic 
So if we move that away from the nose, it should improve and increase our smellability. Absolutely. Which it does. That is awesome. It it almost reminds me of, I have horrible 80s movie references to everything. It reminds me of uh, Doc Brown. You know, the flux capacitor, you know, the accident, <laughs> accidentally discovering time travel. Um, and and, and that, that's amazing. Um, can, can you talk about what the next step was after that? I mean, you, you have this great discovery. What do you do with it? Right. So uh, sitting there in 2002, and I, the next question is always uh, uh, the important question, and that's, geez, uh, if this works, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, right. 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 So that sent us on a, a long journey of uh, 10 years. And, uh, of course, you can't go to the glass-blowing uh, class every time to make a glass, and you can't even make two or three of them the same. Right. So I devised a way to make prototypes by uh, carving them out of uh, wood on the lathe and making a two-piece plaster casting and pouring slip mold in the casting, then firing them and glazing them and refiring them so that I could make eight of every number that I need every uh, uh, glass that I needed to uh, evaluate and then we went from there so years and years of uh, prototypes just moving from well let's see should it be taller should it be shorter should it be wider should the bowl be bigger should it uh, you know and then finally zeroing in with a very methodical approach on what the best design was that coupled with the with some serious math um, came up with the right answers. And That's awesome. And how far, so you're up to, to this neat glass, and how many prototypes did you go through? To 52. Finally, 52. And, what, 52. and wow. was it a un, unanimous, unanimous kind of like, okay, this is it, this is the perfect shape? Uh, Stop trying. Right, because it's, it's well, almost infinite. Yeah, well, see, not only did it have to be unanimous from uh, several panels of eight, but it had to work for... All ethanol spirits over 40 ABV. So that means we, we had control spirits of gin, cognac, rum, whiskey, scotch, uh, vodkas. Right. So. And so from this, I, I've been so, so used to experiencing spirits from a Glencairn glass. That oh, has, it's got a, it's yeah, got it's a, funny, a, it's a Glencairn glass. And George, help me out here if, if, I, if I do this incorrectly. It's, it's a wider bottom glass. It has a chimney-like flute. Like a decanter? Um, yeah, so you can almost uh, move the spirits around. It comes up the chimney, and you get the full, and you get the experience. And it is a very nice experience, and that's kind of my go-to until I found this yesterday. Okay. Um, let's start back in the 1700s. You're wrong. Yeah, dead wrong. You're dead wrong. Nice try, Matt. Yeah. George, he's being so nice. So nice. That I'm, I'm let's, just let's start back in the 1700s. First of all, the dinosaurs. The, uh, <laughs> they didn't drink. <laughs> oh, they did. The, uh, the uh, Brits and, um, and many others were taking advantage of uh, world trade and world commerce all over. And when they found sherry in Spain, uh, they started bringing it back to the UK to rebottle and then distribute to the rest of the world in their own bottles. Along with that came the copita-style glass, copita meaning little cup in Spanish, and uh, that was called the dock glass because they used that glass on the dock to taste stuff when the when the, the ship's captain took control of the shipment that to make sense. sure that it wasn't water. <laughs> uh, or something. 
and uh, it became the icon of the uh, of the whiskey industry. Uh, partially because in back in the '60s, uh, that's when the Scotch came to the United States, and they really wanted to uh, make a big hit with their spirit. I remember that day. They all flooded in. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You were there for that? I was there. It was, it seems like yesterday. It was a great event. So when they, had more here when they came, <laughs> they said, uh, Americans were, were having a problem with it because uh, uh, they didn't drink things straight. Right. We were, we'd been already ready, uh, colored and changed by the uh, prohibition and the cocktail era, which yep. right. just kind of took over. And uh, so ice water, soda juice uh, were the norms for drinking any kind of a spirit. And uh, it was up to you to choose what you liked. But uh, drinking straight spirits warm wasn't something that the American nose was prepared to handle. So the Scots said, well, you've got to drink it out of our glass. And uh, yeah, there's, there's some ethanol on the, on the glass, and they freely admit that. But if you put a couple of drops of water in it... It kills it. Kills it. It kills it, but guess what it does? It kills all the evaporation. Absolutely. So, yeah. And ethanol is a good thing. Ethanol e- is a good thing when it gets in your bloodstream and goes to your brain. Absolutely. Unless there's too much of it. And, uh, the, but there is a bad thing about ethanol. It's an anesthetic. When that gal rubs, her, uh, rubs your arm to give you a shot, uh, she's got a pad with, well... It, it, May not be ethanol, but it isopropyl, isopropyl, whatever. But it has the same effect. And what happens is that rubbing it doesn't really do so much on the cleaning part right. as it does numbing it, so that you don't jump when they stick the needle. Right, in. Right, right. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, we've had many, many complaints over the last uh, thirty or forty years that the competitions have been going that uh, uh, nobody can last. Uh, Two or three flights smelling straight right, alcohol right, right. shoved up their nose right. from a tiny little tulip glass. Right, right, right. Y- yesterday was my real first long competition of, of going through so 40 spirits. to 60 spirits ranging from aperitifs to rum to vodka to gin to Genevieve. Uh, uh, what do we call it again? Genevieve. Uh, and... I have to say, by the end of it, I did not have palate fatigue. I did not have... It, it, it was fine. And that, I'm assuming, is partially because my liver is expanded at this point. But <laughs> I think everybody at the table has that problem. <laughs> if they have one left. But I think this glass played a part in that because you can really get a full experience and not have to have a full... You know, I have to. I have to, in order to taste and experience a spirit. I re- it really needs to go down. I got. Mm-hmm. I have to swallow some of it. That's it. part right. of. That's right. part of the experience. Sure. And I think, and this just opens it up. So a very small amount, and more flavor. Yeah. yeah. So, so like when the, when the uh, ethanol moves away from the nose. You're not masking anything. Right, it's warm. Because, as I mentioned, these uh, these ethanol molecules will latch onto the little cilia in your olfactory, and they'll just crowd everything out. Hmm. So it takes it out of action, basically. So take four or five good whiffs. What happens is that the human brain tries to compensate for that. So you're tasting four or five, and say you're judging uh, in a flight. You get down to about four or five, and uh, you bring it up there, and you say... Oh my God, 
I don't know what I'm smelling here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I haven't got it. What is it? There's nothing your, left. Your right. brain will actually bring this little menu up and say, yeah. from everything you've done before, let's see, where's the caramel? Where's the honey? Yeah, yeah, where's yeah. the, you know, and that kind of a thing. And then you'll, you'll look for it. And when you look for each one of those that come to your mind, then you'll either find it or not. But you're not going to not find it because that would mean you're not a very good judge right, right, because right. you can't find what, right. what you're smelling. <laughs> what, what has been the reception from the industry, uh, pe- people that really would appreciate this craft? So, so let me say this. First of all, in 2012, I got a call from a fellow named uh, Anthony Diaz Blue. And he says, I love your glass. Send me a couple. Let's take a look at it. And so he did some evaluation on it. He said, oh, my gosh. He said, this is fantastic. Can we use it in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition? Okay. And I, yep. <laughs> <laughs> By the <laughs> way, probably the, the competition. It's yeah. the one and only. The competition. Yeah, it is the and he competition. still uses it today oh, and in others. And he's expanded now to Singapore. He's using that and one in New York. And uh, they call it an alliance tasting now. And, uh, of course, we, we supply the glasses for the tasting. And uh, I can't tell you how many judges have been through those panels. And... Uh, uh, do, do, getting a reputation. Yeah, I was going to say, do you get emails from judges just being wowed and surprised by... We do. If, yeah. you, if, if you look on the website, you'll see many testimonials and uh, also people that are that use it uh, for education in, uh, in uh, tasting uh, schools and, uh, and courses. That's and that's, uh, you know, like, that's important data to have back. You know, it is. It is very important for that people write back what their experiences are, how it's been... We have over 20 major competitions that have been using us since 2012. Wow. Not all of them since 2012, but since 2012, we've been adding more. We added five this year, of course, with the, uh, 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 the Proof Awards, uh, which we're at right now. Uh, and uh, Michael was, uh, uh, was enamored with the glass, and so we said, of course, awesome. we, we'd love to participate. Where's the, uh, uh, the glass manufactured now? So the glass, that, uh, uh, the glass that we retail online is uh, manufactured in Slovakia. Oh, very good. Uh, by a very famous, uh, over 125-year-old uh, company. They, they use the same European glass formula that all the major Austrian, German, Slovakian, Czechoslovakian, excuse me, Czech Republic, Slovakian Republic uh, uh, makers use. Very good. Wow. And what were, what were competitions using prior to this? Shot glasses. And was yeah. it plastic? Right, right. Red solo cups. And, the, you know, you're judging people's spirits. You're right. judging their livelihood. Right. And if you're putting it in something inferior, that is a variable that could change what that the supplier is. Right. Want, is intended right. There's, These a are of, there's a lot of different ways yeah. for uh, uh, to run a competition, okay? And some people are, are motivated by the money. Some are motivated by uh, being able to do a service to the consumer. And uh, uh, basically, uh, the ones that don't care use plastic and paper. I'm sure, yeah. And uh, you get a few that use tumblers, which is okay. It's certainly better than a tulip. Right. Uh, but the, the tulip has been ingrained in so many people's minds that you, they, they even, can't drink without it. Well, and... <laughs> All over Europe, you know, they use the uh, Schatzweasel and, uh, and Stolzley style spirits glasses, which have all the same uh, uh, problems that, uh, that the Copita styles do, with a relatively narrow bowl compared to ours and a very tall shape. The, the further you get your nose up away from something, the less you're going to smell, because right. all of these masses have 
are affected by gravity, so that it's harder for the large mass stuff to move up to your nose in a tall glass. So what we did was shorten the glass. It's also nice that you can, it's, it's a, wide enough on the bottom, it's got enough surface area that you can just warm it up a little bit uh, in the palm of your hand. And um, Okay, so a lot of judges really like to take that glass, mm -hmm. put it down in their hand and warm it up to as much as they can. They put a little less in it and warm it up because they want to see what's coming out of there. And is that the right thing to do? I think if you're trying to get as much of the profile up your nose to see see what's there, yes. Because there's a lot of little aldehydes and things that you can detect that don't really uh, contribute towards the quality of the spirit and actually get in the way. You can pretty much depend on knowing whether the distiller did a, a good head or tail cuts uh, by That's using impressive. an open glass without the ethanol. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, we have many American distillers right now that are using this as their glass sitting right next to their sight glass to help verify for them when they should be making those cuts. Wow. So it, it sounds like you've been able to um, get into every facet of, of, the, of the spirits industry and the educational um, to the distribution. Is, is there a part of the industry that you're looking to expand to or is everyone, you know, does everyone know about it? So everyone's asking for it. So I'm a pretty altruistic guy and uh, the, it's about the science for me and uh, uh, the side product, I guess, is the success that we've had by uh, examining the science thoroughly and putting together a great story that shows exactly how, if you just step back from what people accept as a norm and start from the baseline, how do I smell? How do I get the best aromas to the nose? And this kind of thing. So I'm more proud of that than, than anything else. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> it, it, it just, because, because it's so, and I love the simplicity of it, because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's brought down to the basics, everyone can use it. And it seems like it's permeated many different facets of the spirits industry, from educational yes, to, to brands. And I was just curious if, there, if there's a part of the industry that you, that you would like the glass to you know, eventually get well, to. So our motto is uh, changing the way the world drinks. Mm. We'd like to see everybody be able to use this glass to, because it has so much work into it. it I, I, listen, somebody will come along tomorrow and yep. find a twist on it. That's fine. But in the interim, right now, I think we've got the best thing going. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the whole plan is that uh, uh, the spirits industry needs this glass. And they need it to raise the quality bar. They need it to include women because, look, guys, this, this, this bunch of guys standing around in kilts drinking all alone and talking about women is not near as much. <laughs> amen to that. Yeah, I was going to say amen to that. And women have... Hey, women. Yes. Women have 43% more sensitive noses than men do. Mm. It is a proven fact. Wow. So why would you shove ethanol up their nose? Wow. Ever stick a glass of straight whiskey up underneath your lady's nose and have her slap you? Right. There's a reason why. Because it's painful. It's not painful to us guys. We have no idea what's going on in her nose. We can't smell. You know, you know what's yeah. funny? That's funny. My mom as a kid would be like, I smelled you around the corner when I was a kid. She, was, she just had a yep. sensor, you know. I think that was a hint of shower. I, well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Is, is there, are there ways, are you looking for ways to, to make improvements on, on the glass? So we don't think there's a way to improve the glass itself right now. But we're always looking. So the more we get into it, what we're trying to do right now is zero in on exactly when, with what types of shapes, 
the ethanol anesthesia first starts to set in to in, in a judging process so that we can uh, make other recommendations like spreading out uh, uh, samples or uh, uh, redefining uh, what you can taste in a flight and this type of thing. So we're, we're looking at the whole tasting process. So Gypsy and I are quite new to the, this industry and tasting, etc. So what would be the right way to use the glass? Okay, so uh, first of all, in the competitions, uh, I hope they were using the lids. Uh, yeah. At one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. That is important, so and there was a huge difference. Yes. It, it, that it, it almost hey, Louis, at least you're gonna get a it was almost taking the lid off immediately and then going in because it completely changed. Listen, that's exactly the right approach, especially when you're judging. Now, if you're going to be drinking uh, uh, for the fun of it, you'll love this while you're reading a book and just watching your, say, scotch evolve into different flavors and different notes uh, over time. But uh, the right way to drink out of the glass uh, is to swirl it with the lid on and then watch the equilibrium... Well, you can't watch it, but the equilibrium of evaporation happens when you have just as much stuff coming out of the liquid as is going back into it. So it gets saturated in the atmosphere above it, and that happens with swirling. You take the the hand off and you put your nose over the center of the glass, holding the glass level. And when you smell in the center of the glass, you're in the place where there's the least amount of ethanol, so you're not going to numb your nose right away. Okay. And then as you move along the side, you're going to pick up uh, different notes. So your, your caramel notes and oak lactones and things like that are going to be in the center. As you move out, you'll pick up things like dairy, butterscotch, florals, uh, and then at the end, of course, the uh, ethanol and and anything weird that might have uh, come out that was of a, of a lighter nature. So it's not without its problems either. Uh, you, you can't take this glass and just uh, kick it back in a, in a macho way no. you, uh, because you'll wear it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, absolutely, absolutely. Right. That's so cool. Definitely a sipping glass, definitely for enjoying your, your spirits. You also get those those legs that yeah, appear. Yeah. So okay, let's right. talk about those legs. Do you know what those legs really are? I would love to know. That is the fight between the ethanol and the water molecules trying to separate and be alone. They want that the water tries to pull into itself. It has a cohesive bond. The ethanol that causes those legs. Those legs are so different whether the glass has been cleaned or not, whether it has soap in it or not, oh, well. whether it has whether the glass is smooth or not, you can't judge anything by legs. Legs have nothing to do with anything. The quality. That's oh, a, I've heard that before. That's a great comment because I've always heard and I you know, I'll be with whiskey connoisseurs and they're looking for legs and great legs, fantastic legs. Look at the legs on them. <laughs> right, even I know that. And it's it sounds like, you know, from from a whiskey point of view, from a spirit point of view, that does not hold a lot of value. Well uh, even scientifically speaking. The, the, the only thing that I could say to that is in some wines that have very, very high residual sugar, you might have a little change in viscosity, which might thicken up right. the leg, but that's not true in spirits. Okay. It's the two n- compatible but not compatible ethanol and water uh, trying to pull itself together. That's really interesting. Yeah. 
I know what it is. That is, that's a wealth of info. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, when we got into this thing, I mean, we delved deep. I've, I've read well over a thousand uh, research articles, and uh, from everything from biology to uh, uh, to uh, uh, plate evaporation physics and, and this type of thing. And we find out a lot of things. And uh, the spirits world has been shoving science off for years and years, and uh, and as witnessed by this tulip glass. And uh, they're reluctant to do anything that goes against the tradition. And uh, my point is that, uh, well, what, what tradition do you want to talk about, you know? Uh, because back in the Scotland in the clan days, they had this thing called a quake, which okay. is a very wide-mouthed, shallow, and they drank out of that. And was it because they were too stupid to make the glass taller? <laughs> no. <laughs> they wanted to get their nose down there and smell what's coming yeah, out. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let it breathe. Right. So. That's awesome. It's, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's funny. Science is based on observations. And it's very interesting that your start came out of these series of fortunate mistakes, but you took the time to observe what happened in those mistakes because so many science discoveries are based on that. And, you know, as I mentioned before, the, the most important thing is ask that next question. How the hell did that happen? Right. Absolutely. Right. What's the reason for that? Roll with it. Don't scoff it off. Yeah. Observe exactly. and ask questions. Exactly. And don't try to fill in the blanks with your own made-up science. That's one of the biggest, <laughs> that's the, that's the biggest that. problems the spirits yeah. industry has today. That's why these legs things still persist. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why uh, all of these little devices that they use so that w to, to make the Glencairn and the Copitas easier to drink from, they say, oh, well, breathe through your nose and your mouth at the same time. Well, yeah, uh, what that'll do is it'll it'll lessen what you're taking in, but it doesn't change the fact that that's overabundant ethanol, and sooner or later it's going to get you. But we suggest that you keep your mouth closed when you drink out of this glass and smell out of this glass. And uh, then there's all the myths about adding water, and then there's uh, Richard Patterson's beautiful approach, which he uh, calls shaking hands with a glass. He starts out over here and says, smelling and wafting a little bit. Hello, and then a little closer. How are you? And then under your nose, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is you're acclimating your nose to the sharp pain of the ethanol, but you didn't change the fact that the ethanol is going to numb your nose sooner or later right, anyway right, right. if you shove it up there from the end of a small tooth. Right. So. Right. That's really interesting. So are, are competitions changing the way they do um, the, the formats because of, 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 of your glass? Well, I'll tell you, when we started off, uh, uh, they were uh, four to six average uh, spirits per flight. Um, I've seen as many as 10 in a flight, 12 in a flight, and no complaints and uh, all around consensus. So. I think it's made a huge difference, mm -hmm. and uh, and the judges tell me so, and the competition uh, uh, managers tell me so. It's also a way you brought up distillers having this by through their by their sight glass. Uh -huh. You're actually you're not only making a great from what you're saying a greater experience for the consumer part, but from a distiller part, now you're able to 
catch the heads and the tails, pot distilling is a phenomenal way to distill. Uh, there's column, you know, um, uh, column stills, pot stills, but pot stills. We just did a podcast in Portchester with a gentleman at Still the One, and they've got a very old school still, and it is not. It is not. Um, Everything is done by hand. All uh-huh. the gauges, everything is done by hand. Right, so right. the chances of having heads and tails slip through is is very high. So having this, um, having this glass, you're able to. You're creating a better spirit. It sounds like. Well, that's why I alluded to earlier that, uh, that one of our goals in changing the way the world drinks is also to raise a quality bar in the industry. Yeah. we think you can do it with this glass. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. George. Thank you very much. This, yeah, thank you, I, this is a total game changer. And I, I think it's amazing that competitions are now using this kind of consistently worldwide. So now that you Industry are. Industry standard now, right? Right. Yeah, because the, the variables are now coming down and you get a more tr- true um, experience. You've so. set the bar. Yeah. George, thank you very much. Can consumers purchase this? Oh, yes. Uh, Go online. There's any number of people that are our distributors that are selling online. You don't have to buy it from us. As a matter of fact, online, if you buy it uh, on our website, we charge the, the uh, uh, our recommended MSRP, and we don't waiver from that because uh, we, yeah. we have distributors That's to worry about. Right. So, right. Uh, so you'll probably find it cheaper somewhere else besides on our website, but although probably not much. Right. But yes, the consumers can purchase it and. Uh, uh, Specs in Texas uh, also carries our uh, our glass, and uh, we're looking at many of the other uh, chain liquor stores. That's great. Yep. So easy to find. Check out the neat glass. Yeah. Dot com. There you go. George, thank you very much. This has been great. My pleasure. Thank you. You all are well. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.